Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use every tool available to promote themselves and their businesses. And we're going to have a great time today. We're going to learn tons, and it's a subject that mm, I need to learn about. You know, I love these type of topics because it is something that is so important, but it's something that we tend to overlook or think, oh, it's not important, or I'll do that tomorrow. So I'm talking about creating business plans. And so joining me today is Peter Mehit. So Welcome, Peter. Hey, Deb. Thank you for having me on the program. I'm really excited to be here. You know, we're going to learn so much, and you know, it, it, it really is going to be an educational program, so I'm truly looking forward to this. But let me give folks just a little bit of your bio so that they know why you're the expert in this. So Peter Mehit is a veteran of both Fortune 500 and tech startups. He has worked worldwide as a business process troubleshooter and outsourcing deal leader for Computer Sciences Corporation. He has also participated in SaaS and computer product startups and has started four of his own companies. Since 2004, Peter has been the owner of Custom Business Planning and Solutions and is the author of Killer Business Plan, Why You Need It and How to Write It. More information can be found on Peter at Custom B. PS.com. So again, Peter, welcome. Wow. You know, it's let's not set everybody's expect expectations too high here, but thank you. That was a really great intro. Well, you know, it's it is something that if if you know when we have somebody who is an expert in the field, and you know, it's funny, we all it, we toss around the term expert loosely, too much, all those various things, but you truly are an expert because you know how to take businesses step by step through a business plan and really make it a living, breathing document. Because I think that's one of the things that so many businesses have done. We've, we've created our business plan, our marketing plan, and then it's in the drawer. The ink fades, the pages curl, and we never look at it again. Credenzaware is what we used to call it. Yes, yes. yes so you know, and I understand. I mean, you know... Um, I understand that I'm an expert. I also understand it's kind of like being a doctor who does colonoscopies. Okay, so I get right. why people don't like to do deal with it because most people starting businesses, they say, "How hard can it be? I think right. I can handle this. Mm -hmm. I don't. I want to make money. Yeah, I want to make money. I'm tired of working for other people. I mean, that was what got me into my own business was I was performance reviews. I didn't want to have another performance review. I got a really bad performance review that I managed to get corrected back to something that I could live with through a lot of fighting with HR and my boss. And uh -huh. that pretty much made me realize I wanted to get out. And I got out without a business plan. And I can tell you exactly how hard it can be. It can be spend your 401k difficult. It can be lose your house difficult. It can be mm -hmm. lose your spouse difficult. So right. one of the reasons why you need to do this is you need to take, um, they used to call it counting the cost. You need to understand mm -hmm. what you're getting into before you get into it. Right. You know, and, and it really is about strategically planning. And is it kind of brain cell killing? Probably. But if you haven't thought through all of the, the things that, that you really need to in creating a business plan, 
when problems happen, you don't know how to deal with them. And I think that's probably the biggest reason to really have a business plan is, you know, you, you mentioned the fact that it's a blueprint. You know, we wouldn't build a house. You wouldn't be the doctor, you know, without knowing how to do these things. So why do we think that we can run a business without planning? I don't know. People, uh, people act as if they were born with the ability to do this. And I've seen this over and over and over again. We teach a lot of classes at women's centers and for SBDCs and, and, and you see it repeatedly. It's like, you know, people just feel like I should know this, but Mm -hmm. The real reason that you write a business plan, there's a drummer named Bill Bruford, and he played for Yes and uh, Genesis, and he had a really great great quote, because I'm a drummer Mm -hmm. myself, and he says, Ah. the reason for discipline is the pursuit of accidents. And so Ah. what he means is the better you, more you play, the better your chops are, but more importantly, Mm -hmm. thinking through what you're going to do with a part. If something breaks down, like a like a break broken down play in a football game, you know to look for the gap to run through mm-hmm. to get to the goal. Well, business plan is just like that. A business plan, and by the way, it doesn't have to be brain killing. It can be the most right. exciting thing that you've ever done if you are if you frame it properly. And let me mm-hmm. let me explain what I mean by that. Sure. If you look at a business plan as something you've got to check off a list, like somebody says, well, you need it for the bank or you need it for an investor or, or, you've, or you've got or, or just as simple as or you have to have one because some expert on the radio said you had to have one, then you're not going to do a very good job. And I just say, don't do it. Just don't mm-hmm. do it. Just go wing it because you won't pay attention to it. It will, put, it will end up in your desk drawer and you won't pay any attention to it. Or you can say, I am rehearsing my success. I am putting down a structure so that if things don't go the way I think they're going to go, I will understand how to pivot, which is a really popular word now, to something different. And Mm -hmm. I will have the discipline of thinking about business as a business instead of thinking Mm -hmm. about business as a big bag full of wishes. Mm -hmm. And that's what a lot of people do when they get into business. They think, I quit my job and I'm going to take all this money. I'm going to go start this stuff. Yeah, but what is it that you're really going to do? What are you going to do tomorrow? I think the best analogy I can give you is it's like whether you're focused on your wedding day or your marriage. Your marriage is supposed to last a lifetime. The wedding day is one event. And most people Mm -hmm. focus on that opening day of their business or the day their website goes live or the first product they sold on Amazon, whatever whatever it is that they focus on, Mm -hmm. but it's not... Well, yeah, but what about a year from now when I'm making three or five million dollars in sales and I've got to scale up and I have to have employees? You've got to start thinking mm-hmm. in those terms from the beginning because what will swamp you faster than people not buying is a big success. People right. buying and you're not re- able to scale up. That will kill you faster. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and because word gets around really fast. Um, I had a client one time that we did uh, a postcard campaign for and it was a, you know, it was a fun campaign. I won awards for designing it hot, you know, not that that was the, but, but what happened was they offered such a fabulous discount that they were overwhelmed with orders. And so then they got none of the, them out. And, you know, and, and that was what the problem was, you know, we, we did the mailing to too many people. The discount was too fabulous, all those various things. And it was simply because we didn't take the time to plan. And you know, and that was just a little project that we didn't plan on. So 
you know, when you don't plan for your business, just think about the things that, that you could be missing and skipping. You know, that's the problem. I think we skip a lot of steps. Well, you skip a lot of steps. I'll, I'll go right back at you. Consumer product, it was a door lock. It was called mm -hmm. SecureMate, and it was direct to, direct to TV uh, product. So mm -hmm. we, we, we built the product. We built it in China, and... When we when, and the locks were all set up, they were beautiful. Our test locks were great. Our our beauty shot locks were great. We did these uh, two minute infomercials. We mm -hmm. ran them to the to the Insomniacs at two o'clock in the morning, and we got thirty five thousand dollars worth of orders in our first test run. Oh. Yeah. Right. So you know you're going to kill it because it was very limited test run at like between right. two and four in the morning, right? So mm -hmm. we get the locks from China. We open them up to do quality on them. And they, they won't open properly. They're all bound up. And oh, so now no. we've got to pop these locks open and, and, and deal with them and put them back together so that it will work so we can ship them. Well, now, I don't know what the law is now, but it used to be you had six weeks to get that product out or you had to refund the money. Uh-huh. We got these locks. We got like four of them to work in six weeks. Uh, and we had oh, to give no. all the money back. Oh. And our investors killed us. And basically, right. we went out of business. And mm -hmm. just because when, when we did the, did the design, we did not build enough time in to get the mm -hmm. first articles in from China and test them and right. then have enough turnaround time if it didn't work. There was no plan mm -hmm. B if the, everybody just assumed that everything would work and it didn't. Mm -hmm. And so when you're making something, any kind of product like that, it's a physical product, you've got to build a lot of time in. To receive mm -hmm. it, test it, make sure it looks right, cosmetically it's right. Uh, we just ran for the doors and made a huge mistake. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And I, I'll admit that I was part of that mistake, mainly mm -hmm. based on how much funding we had. Well, why was that a problem? Because we didn't do a solid business plan that said mm -hmm. that these things are going to cost these amounts of money and take these amounts of time and we're carrying employees and we have to do that. No, we said... Well, we stuck our thumb in the air and said to the people who had done a consumer product before, and they go, oh, yeah, this will take eight weeks. This will take five weeks. Well, no, right. this took 12 weeks, and this took mm -hmm. nine weeks. And now when the product comes from China, it's got to be right. we got no time to rework mm -hmm. it. Had we sat down and looked at it and said, what's really realistic? Instead of your gut experience, let's go talk to people. What if this doesn't work? How much time do we need to recycle? Mm -hmm. So plans are everything. It's like... The most important thing is for when things don't go right. What's, what's your backup? What are you right. going to do if things fall out? Mm -hmm. you know, and, and you used a word that I think is probably one of the biggest things that a new business owner uh, tends to do is guess. Yes. You know, we guess and we assume. Mm -hmm. you know, we assume things will work. We assume we have the right client base. You know, all of these various things. And then it turns out that it's not true because we didn't do that preliminary work. Well, and you got to test too. Even if you even if you pick somebody, you've got to test to see if it's the right market. Now I'm kind of so catch me if I'm saying anything that's not true, Deb, because now I'm walking into your world. But the most important thing of any business, period, who is the customer? Right. It's not the channel you're marketing on. It's not. Mm -hmm. It's not the message you're putting out there. The if you get the right customer. That customer will tell you what the message is, will tell you what channels to reach them on, will tell you how to feature the product, will tell you the copy, will tell you everything. But most business owners never pick a customer. Anyone right. and everyone. Well, guess what? Mm -hmm. That's no one. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, I, yeah they got to see yeah. themselves in your message to be able to want to buy your product.
right. You know, I've, I've told this story before on the program. I was at a networking event one time and, and you know, you were to do your little 30 second spiel. And as part of that, you were to say who your uh, perfect client or customer would be. Yeah. And so, you know, we went around and, and people were doing fairly well. Everybody was a little bit too broad, but there was a person selling skincare products and she said everyone. Yeah was her client yeah. because, and now it made sense to her, every person has skin, yes. you know, and, and, but then when she needed a referral, we all went, Ooh. Ah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so we actually worked with her and got it down to 16 year old males with acne. Then every single person she talked to knew a 16-year-old male or maybe a girl, you know, but they, they knew a 16-year-old who had acne problems. And, you know, she sold like crazy. But as long as she was trying to hit everybody, it didn't work for anyone. No, that's right. Well, here's the thing. You have, <clears throat> you know, not to get too uh, esoteric about it, but you vibrate at a certain frequency. And you're, mm -hmm. going, to you're going to attract people who vibrate at a similar frequency. In other right. words... If you're, if you were a Hillary voter, you're probably not going to be com comfortable having lunch with a Trump full, uh, table full of Trump voters. Right. It doesn't right. make them bad people or you bad people. You right. just think differently. And mm -hmm. so everybody's got a natural set of customers and it's not a mm -hmm. lot of people. Now people go, well, what about Coke or what about Nike or what about Apple? Well, you know, well, Apple's actually a bad example and well, they're all bad examples because not everybody buys Apple. Some people yes. like Pepsi. Some people mm -hmm. like Adidas. So mm -hmm. you're only, only always going to get part of the market. You get mm -hmm. more and more people that are outside your core key customer, natural customers, because they tell friends. And that's how you get people that are dislike what you're like. But if you're, mm -hmm. especially if you're in a service business, any kind of services, whether you're a consultant or a hair salon or, or a plumber, there's going to be certain customers that are going to tell everybody they know about you and that you're the greatest mm -hmm. thing that's ever happened to them. And there are going to be right. people who say, even if you did a great job for them, eh, 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 Deb, mm -hmm. for me, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and, you know, it's, it's funny because when you start determining who your perfect customer is, of course, we want it to be broad because we're thinking more money, more sales, right. you know, things like that. And the the problem is, of course, that when you're so broad, you know, we, we said it, you, you hit no one. And that's where planning comes into this yep. because you have gone through and you have figured out, okay, you know, I might have gone from a potential of 10,000 to 100, but those 100 are going to buy the product, you know, and, and or at least pay attention to me, you know, and, and so that's where really you have to plan. You know what? Um you do have to plan and i think what you really need to do is it's counterintuitive it's counterintuitive to say by going to less people i will do more business but every right. single form of advertising every advertising channel i don't care whether it's billboards radio internet mm -hmm. seo uh, social media the range of success on conversion is like a half a percent to two percent right. that's mm -hmm. it right right so what you would, if your marketing isn't turning something around where you're getting somewhere between a half a percent to two percent, then you need to keep making your market smaller, not larger. Mm -hmm. And so, I, when you're doing the business plan, you, if as part of the visualization, you start with every single one of our clients, is we mm -hmm. say, 
imagine what that what your business looks like. If you're doing an online business, imagine, okay, here's how I'm being the, getting the product produced. Here's it going over to Amazon or however it's getting fulfilled. Here's how I handle the orders. Here's how I handle complaints. And so they're just imagining, visualizing how that process chain would work. Now, a mm -hmm. store is different. Say you're going to open a hair salon. How many chairs? How's it decorated? Because there's a million ways to do a hair salon. How's mm -hmm. it decorated? What does the staff look like? What's the, what's, what's the, how's it feel? Is it a loud place with loud music? Is it quiet and refined? Mm -hmm. All of those things are keys to what? Who will like that environment? Right. Who will like it? Who will, who will be able to see themselves in that environment? And then what you're selling then after that is, hey, here's this environment that I created just for you, soccer mom who needs to get away, right? Mm -hmm. And identify them using egoic labels, labels that, that they would use to describe themselves. And so mm -hmm. you start out with, we advise most customers, especially those in retail, start out with five or six different profiles of people you're trying to reach and then take the most likely one and test market it. And, mm -hmm. and, and once you start getting success with the most likely one, then roll into the next one. Don't fire all the guns at the same time unless you've got a huge bankroll. Right. right. But, you know, it's, it's, it's never lack of money. It's never that the customers aren't there. I don't care. People made money during the Depression. People made money mm -hmm. during the Great Recession. The customers are there. You just have to be creative about getting to them, and you have to get out of your own way and your own preconceptions. And doing a plan will expose that to you. Because, you'll, mm -hmm. because to be able to answer the questions you need to figure out to how, to how to market to them, you're going to have to understand them. And if you don't understand why you're using a marketing tactic, it means you don't have a strategy. And if you don't have a strategy, it means you don't have a customer. So mm -hmm. all of those things kind of build on each other. And I think if people, when they're working on some kind of business planning or a marketing plan, and they get frustrated and they feel like, I don't understand what they're doing, the, what I'm doing, the key is don't give up. Right. The right. key is... Who do I need to talk to? What do I need to read? Go out on YouTube, go look at videos, whatever you got to do to keep your spark alive because you're right at the place where you're going to break through and make a real discovery about something mm -hmm. as opposed to, oh, this is too hard or I'm going to hire somebody to do it. You, when you're first starting a business, you can't really hire someone to do it. You have to understand it because the person that's going to help you, you need to train them about why it's important. Otherwise, they're going to make assumptions that aren't true. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it is tricky when you're a business owner because you just want to get started. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you wouldn't say you wouldn't start, uh, if you were a doctor, you wouldn't start operating on people without that education, without that background. Um, you know, you wouldn't, as a mechanic, just pick up a wrench and start working on things. It does take that background and, you know, you want to make it enjoyable. I love the fact that you talk about imagine, mm -hmm. you know, imagine what things are, because then that's, that's a positive thing. And so, you know, that's, that's a great image for people to keep in mind is imagine who your perfect client is. Well, and it's a gate. See, if, mm -hmm. if you close your eyes, like, um, I personally meditate. I personally a big believer in, in being able to shut the phone off and shut the, 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 you know, shut the world out and be able to just spend mm -hmm. time thinking about stuff. Um, if you can't in your mind see this business, you probably shouldn't start. Right. If you can't spend 15 minutes a day in a chair 
thinking about it. I'm literally, I have clients do this, okay? Some of them mm-hmm. can't do it, by the way. But mm-hmm. sit in a chair and think about what that business looks like and start writing notes in a book. I wouldn't want you to get my book, Killer Business Plan, and sit down and say, well, I talk about in the book why you should do this, but I wouldn't want you to get the book and to say, oh, here's this business plan section, I gotta write this out. Here's this business plan section, I gotta write that out. Mm-hmm. What I would want you to do <clears throat> is sit in a chair and visualize it, spend a week, maybe two weeks, just after every time you have that thinking session, just writing what you what you saw in your mind. Right. And let that accumulate. And there's a funny thing about spiral-bound notebooks. When you write stuff in them, I remember when I was a kid in uh, in, in high school, I always, I always could tell how far we were in the year by how much the paper was used and how many pages were used. And you know how right. the book wouldn't actually close all the way flat after you mm-hmm. were halfway through the semester, right? All of those things gave you a sense of, accomplishment and it builds energy and it builds focus and so mm-hmm. to just run right out and get a business license and get insurance and get a location and get all this product in and now your doors are open and you have no clue who's going to walk through it's right. not a good place to be no. some people will look at some people some people look out mm-hmm. but they're lottery winners right in a sense well, you know? and you know they're starting their business because they've got a great product a great service you know something like that that they know people will want. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's assumption number one. They know people will want it. Well, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. You know, and I still marvel at the people who actually made a fortune off of pet rocks. Who the heck thought <laughs> that people would buy? You know, I, I mean, uh, you talk about winning the lottery. Uh-huh. Who thought that uh-huh. some that, that millions of people would buy rocks with faces on them? Yeah. Yeah. Clearly, you know, we we did and 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 it was funny that we actually bought them rather than making our own, but but you know, that was that was a fluke. You know, that really was just something bizarre. Remember when they said but, beanie babies were going to some certain beanie babies were going to trade at like 20 and right. $30,000. Yeah. I mean, my daughter, my 9-year-old daughter literally sat and looked at me and she goes, you know, you trade stocks and bonds, I'm buying be- beanie babies. That's my future. Right. I reminded her of that. Now she's 27. I said, Remember when you were going to like pay for college with your beanie mm-hmm. babies? You remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's funny because they did. They thought, hey, we've got this great idea. And then they looked at other things that had been successful. And then they just went, oh, we're going to go for it. Mm-hmm. They didn't stop to think, what is their competition? Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's probably one of the biggest things is people are all the time forgetting that there's now really there was only one pet rock. But for the most part, your product, your service is not unique. Mm-hmm. And so part of doing the business plan is looking at your competition. Absolutely. You have to, well, there's, there's, there's really three components to that. I mean, we talked, we talked on the first one, which is identifying the customer. The second one is taking a look at the industry you're launching into. Is that mm-hmm. launching, is that industry climbing, staying flat or declining? Okay. Right. So for example, in 2006, Opening up a mortgage uh, brokerage and hiring a bunch of mortgage uh, uh, agents was a really great idea. People were making money mm-hmm. hand over fist. 2008, not so much, right? Right. And so that's the kind of the the kind of the first level order you have to apply is okay. I'm in the application. I'm going to do a mobile application. We've done 14 mobile apps over the last year. So it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well we're going to do this mobile application and. Right now, if you go out to Google Play or the App Store and you look, in any category, there are literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of applications out there in every category. And so Mm -hmm. now you have to ask yourself, how am I going to bust this category? 
because most of these things were developed using a methodology called most, um, minimum viable product, which is mm -hmm. let's put something together and see if people buy it, and then we'll add stuff to it. Well, everybody's right. using the same methodology, so you've got thousands of apps. In fact, I think mm -hmm. there's something like, um, I want to say oh. 2 billion apps out there. Something like that, because it's gotten pretty easy to do it. Well, it's easy, but it's exp <laughs> expensive. Right? right. So what I say to people is, what's, what's going to make you stand out in a way that people go, I've got to get some of that. That's number one. And then number two you know, how are you going to overcome the fact that there are so many competitors in the space? There's a great book called Blue Ocean Strategy. I don't know mm. if you've ever talked about it or heard about no. it. No. It's uh, Blue Ocean. Well, what he talks about is when the sharks are in the water and you throw the chum in and the sharks attack the chum and the mm -hmm. water gets all bloody, that's a red ocean, right? And so right. The, that's an analogy for a market that has a ton of competitors and we're mm -hmm. all in it and we're all trying to get our piece. A blue mm -hmm. ocean is where nobody is. So, like, for example, a good example of a blue ocean was Southwest Airlines. When they first right. opened up, they said, okay, you can sit anywhere in the plane, and it's one fit, one, one class of service, and we have low mm -hmm. fares, and we buy all our fuel years in advance, so we're cheaper than everybody. And then people mm -hmm. have caught up with them. So there's different kinds of blue oceans out there. And so you want to try to be in this blue ocean as you can and doing the industry research to understand where the concentrations are helps you find where the – Niches, niches are mm -hmm. where the holes are, where the when the play breaks down, you can run through to the goal. That's where you got to find. So, customer, industry, and then competition. And so mm -hmm. many people get this wrong. If I'm a car repair person, or I'm yeah, I'm a car repair person because I've had people say this to me. My competition is not General Motors, right? And my competition really is not dealers. Because people who go to dealers don't take their cars to independent car shops. They just right. don't. It's still under warranty because it's a new car or whatever. Or they have they have dealer fever, like only the dealer mm -hmm. can touch it. Right. Your competition is other people just like you. Right. And so, <clears throat> you know, oh, I'm starting a record company. Okay, well, who's your competition? Well, my competition would be the largest record company out there. No, no. you. The way that you're going to move is it's an asymmetric play where you don't play by their rules. So instead mm -hmm. of trying to get records into stores or into Target or into Walmart, you're, you're getting people to download MP3s or they're downloading uh, albums off of, that, off, of, off of your site and then they're buying a physical copy from you that you're shipping via Amazon. So mm -hmm. you've got to look at your model and how you approach differently. But again, you've got to go back up that chain to who's the customer. So customer, mm -hmm. industry, competition. Right. And that's before you even worry about how you're going to market. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I have people all the time that tell me, I don't have any competition. <laughs> sure you do. You know, I, I don't care what you sell. We're not unique. You know, and we laugh about pet rock, but you know, there, there were other things that were competing for people's time and money. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and that's the thing that a lot of people forget is Maybe what they're doing, <coughs> excuse me, is fairly unique, fairly new. You know, maybe you just hit a home run with customer service, all those various things. But your competition also includes it's something that people could also spend their money on or spend their time on. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, it's it's not just your industry. It is, you know, other things that are out there. Status you quo, know, people, right? The right. Status quo. Right. It's what people are already mm -hmm. doing, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, That's you know, why restaurants do better in clusters than they do alone. Mm -hmm. 
is right. people are used to going to where the cluster of restaurants are and they see a new restaurant and they go, hey, I think mm -hmm. I'll try that oh, out. There. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. But if you're all by you yourself, know, you better hope you have traffic. Right. You know, yeah, you, you go to the place, <clears throat> you know, you might go to your favorite place, there's a line. Okay, well, I'll go to that new place that's across the way. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's, and, and it's funny because you see those standalones all the time. Yeah. And there's usually not a lot of traffic around them. No. And, you know, and it is because people aren't going to that destination or that area to eat. Right. You know, they're going there because that's where the hardware store is or, you know, whatever. And so the, it, it didn't even make sense for them to think, oh, hey, you know, I'm also going to eat lunch while I'm here. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I have a confession, sure. Peter. Mm -hmm. I, I recently relaunched my business. And I'm one of those cobbler's kids. I did not have a business plan. So, you know, and I did the, hey, you know, I know what I'm doing, type of, of thing. And you're, you're obviously convincing me that I have to have a business plan. So what are some of the other things in there that I really need to make <clears throat> sure that I'm doing? Because it's okay to go back and backtrack. And I think that's what some people think, you know, get confused about is they think, well, I've been in business for two years, three years, four months, whatever. I can't go back and create a business plan. You know, they they're you know, they have the assumption that they had to do it at the start or there's no point in doing one at all. They can be done at any point in time, correct? Well, first of all, <clears throat> bad bad girl dab. I know. If it makes you feel any better, I we started our business without a business plan. But we were actually we were starting <laughs> we were actually starting to do a different business, but that's another story. Uh -huh. Okay, but um if you're already in business, you're in better shape to write a business plan than you are if you're not in business. Right. And the right. reason I because say because I kind of figured out who my customers are and some things like that. <clears throat> well, you know what's not you you by now know what's not working. Right. 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 Now here's the thing: if you walk off and it's it's you hit a home run and everybody's cheering, who cares, right? Mm -hmm. And it's those examples of people who just you know essentially won the lottery, like Steve Jobs. I mean. Steve Jobs is a deity to a lot of people. He really right, was right. just another guy. You know, he mm -hmm. just got super lucky, okay? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so you've got some idea of what doesn't work, and you're committed. So if you're already in business, you have to start figuring it out. Now, the good mm -hmm. news is I have really evolved on my perspective about business plans, and that is... I don't care if you have a moleskin or a three-ring binder or a spiral-bound notebook or you do a full-on Excel word extravaganza that you get bound in a hard leather copy like, uh, like one of my clients did with his business plan. They gave it to his, his senior executives. Okay, so I don't care how you do it. The most important thing is that you do it. Right, and right. to harp on it because there is no thing that's more important Customer industry competition, that's the first thing you focus on because mm -hmm. that determines whether you have a market. Then the next thing you figure out is your operations. Here's what I'm selling. How am I going to deliver it to my, to my customer? All the mundane things. How do I buy it? How do I pay for it? How does the customer order? How do they pay for it? If there's a problem with something that's going on with the thing, the product, they're unhappy. How do they complain? How do I get back to them? Do I need a merchant account? How do I set that up? All of the all of the kind of nuts and bolts of how the machine of the business is going to run. So now you understand that, but you don't formulate that all the way up because then the next step is to go into the marketing. How right, am I going right. to reach them? How are they? Because that's going to dictate 
how your systems and your business will run too. So you kind of got to do a lot of things at the same time. That's why I like the idea of visualizing it. And it, you might sit down and think about your business and you focus on, hey, what would I do with a customer return? You imagine that out, you sit and you write it down. The next thing you're going to have is you're going to have something that's an accumulation of all of your thoughts and your, your ideas. And at that point, to make it linear so you can execute it, then just by the fact that you have it, you will actually sit down and write some kind of or create some kind of formal business plan that brings things down to steps. Here are the steps mm -hmm. that I'm going to do. And right. so, yeah, but I'm saying the, the perfect person that would need a business plan or need what we do is somebody who's already in business and already has some experience. But somebody who hasn't started, you don't have any excuse. You don't have right. any excuse. But the good mm -hmm. news is it doesn't have to be, you know, you know, 12th grade uh, or, or second year of junior college level writing and stuff. It just has to be something that you understand. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and, you know, one of the things that is, is most important, or actually I'm going to say critical, is it is not the leather-bound book on the bookcase. No, it's not. You know, it is, it is always an evolving document. And I think that's the other thing that people get caught up in is they, oh, I created my business plan. And, you know, we mentioned it goes on the credenza. You never look at it again. Um, you know, you have to review it and keep reviewing it. You know, and, and schedule a time. You know, maybe you do it every, obviously it depends on your business, but every quarter, every six months, at least annually, you know, hello, you mm -hmm. need to look at it because you do need to go back through and say, okay, from an operation standpoint, I had, had spent X, Y, and Z. Did I make A, B, and C? Yeah. You know, and, and if I didn't, it was funny, I was talking to somebody the other day and, and he said that, you know, one of the products that he did, it uh, came up for, you know, the, there was a piece of software that he incorporated into it and it came up for the annual license renewal. And it was, it was a hefty chunk of money. Mm -hmm. And he, he went back through and he realized he didn't make enough money selling it to cover that cost. Ouch. He said it was a great product, but then he, of course, so then the decision was, do I put more time into it or do I let it die a natural death? And he let it die the natural death mm -hmm. because he said, you know, it just wasn't something that, that he was really all that interested in, but he was just automatically going to renew it. And then he thought, wait a minute, is it going to pay? You know, did it pay off in the last year? Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. I mean, you've got to have some kind of metrics that you're, you're running your business to, or you will crash. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of business people, they go, Hey, I have cash in the bank, so I'm okay. You know, that's, right. that's their number one measurement, but you have to, you have to, when we do business plans, we do, uh, we figure out the revenue by line. We figure out the cost of good, which is how much it costs you to actually make what you're selling, figure out mm -hmm. the expenses, figure out how bank loans would pay into that, play into that. And then we do a three or five year projection by month. Mm -hmm. And you can take that projection and turn it into a tracking cash flow and see exactly right. what you spend. And if you're not doing that at a minimum, then you're really asking for trouble. But a business plan will devolve into a series of plans. It should devolve mm -hmm. into an editorial plan or a marketing plan for your for your marketing. It should mm -hmm. devolve into an operations plan. It should devolve into a, a personnel plan if you've got to hire people. And those things will devolve into procedures and processes and 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 different levels of how do we get things done. And maybe that takes the form of a procedure book. Maybe it takes a form of a laminated card that somebody on a work floor has got. But all mm -hmm. of those things, they get their birth in 
the business plan because the business plan right. is where you set the overall vision and the strategy of the business and then everything else is tactics and if you don't have that grasp then you're going to be constantly thinking tactically instead of strategically which means you're mm -hmm. always going to be behind the ball so right. you need to think more like a coach and not a player if right. you're an employee, you're used to being a player and not a coach. And so mm -hmm. the business plan for somebody who's never written it, who's never run a business, is their first experience of thinking about business like a business person. And I would submit to you, if they cannot make the leap from being able to have the discipline to tough it out and be able to do it and understand it, they shouldn't get involved. Because every right. one of these major corporations any, in fact, I'll tell you what, anybody that's doing better than $15 million a year has got a formal business plan, has got a marketing plan, has got a production plan, all of those things, all of those plans uh, at that level in those companies, because I've built these business plans, they take two, three months to do. They do mm -hmm. them every single year. And mm -hmm. it's really literally, well, Deb, you run, you run our production floor. I want to know your budgets and your plans and right. your needs. And then all of those things bolt up to a high level thing that gets summarized in the summary document is 20. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you need to do that, but if you want to be there eventually, you need to start thinking that way. So the mm -hmm. main sections are the operations, the uh, marketing, the, the, uh, the, the, the customer identification, the industry, the competition, uh, the organization plan, and then your financials. And you've got to figure the numbers out. And this is where most people don't want to work on business. Right. Their eyes cross, their brains shorts out and they go, Oh my God. Yes. It's, it's, but it's, it's, uh, you have to do it because that is the language of business. That is how you are evaluated and scored and how you survive is the, mm -hmm. are the numbers. And so you, you cannot ignore them. Right. So that leads me to talk about your book, which again is called killer business plan, why you need it and how to write it. Yep. I confess I haven't read it. Looking forward to it, um, especially because, as we said, I don't have a business plan, so <clears throat> I'm going to be doing this. But it, does it walk you through these steps for the people whose eyes crossed and brain cells died and thought, oh, my God, I can't do this? What does your book, you know, what is the process with the book? Okay, so the way the book is written is it's written, first of all, let me describe what the book is. The book is really two pieces. One is a physical book or an electronic book. And the other part is a website that has a bunch of templates, videos, and examples so that you can take those templates and use them. And, and how to use the templates is described in the physical book. Okay, so, okay. so that's how it's structured. So the book's three parts. <clears throat> the first part is, hey, I think I want to get in business, but I have no idea what I want to do. And I, don't, I haven't chosen anything. How would I choose a business? So that's the okay. first section. Second, And se even if you've done it, do that part anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it'd probably be good, but you know, it, you might find out that you're in the wrong, <laughs> wrong yeah. business. But that's okay. But it's you okay know, to find it, out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then the second part is uh, is the business going to be feasible? Can I make enough money? Because mm -hmm. most people are starting lifestyle businesses. Most people are not starting businesses to break out and become a huge conglomerate. They're, they're looking mm -hmm. to start a lifestyle business. So I cannot tell you. How many people have come to our office? Because besides writing business plans, we also help heal businesses so they run better and the owners can get what they want out of them. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've had people come to my business and say, my business grosses a million dollars a year and I can't pay my mortgage. Oh. I can't tell you how many times because you mm -hmm. didn't plan for it. Let me tell you another thing right. about human psychology. 
If I need $10,000 a month and I say, I've got to go make $10,000 a month, I will consistently make six, seven, nine, four, seven, eight. Right. If I need $10,000 a month, I need to tell myself I've got to make $25,000. Right. Because mm-hmm. I will blow through 10000 every time. That mm-hmm. halfway point's always easy to get to. And so that's the psychology of it. So, wow, I just lost the question. <laughs> oh, um, oh, so we're going through your book. Oh, my book. Okay, so that's the second, second section. Yes, and that's why you should read it because the author is totally on top of everything. So... <laughs> Um, the second section. Yeah, that's right, exactly. <laughs> that squirrel just really ran through. I know. <laughs> I just I just ran right down the rat hole and didn't come back. Okay, so now so the second section and leave this in. It's great. Second section is so it's all about figuring out if the business is feasible and it's got to be enough okay. not only to carry the business but to carry your lifestyle. That was the point I was trying mm-hmm. to get to. Right. Not enough to carry the business, but it got to carry your lifestyle. If you don't put and by the way, people starting businesses, biggest mistake they do. Deb, I know you've done it. How much is your time worth? Right. Oh, I don't it's, know. It's worth an awful lot. It should be worth a minimum of $100 an hour. If you don't mm-hmm. value your time at $100 an hour, mm-hmm. stay home. You know why? Right. Because when you go into business, all of a sudden you get a gift. It's called overhead. Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden you're not carrying just your time for your, your life. You're carrying the time for an office if you have to have one, for advertising, mm-hmm. for all these other things. So... The number needs to be high. So it's like I, I, when I'm teaching classes, people go, oh, you know, 20 an hour, 25. I go, no, 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 no. You need to treat your time. You need to have a goal for your time. And it's the, in the four-hour work week is another good book. where They mm-hmm. talk about that set a target for how much you want your time to be worth an hour. And then, you know what? I, I mean, I set our billing rate at 250 an hour. And we're not at 250, but we're way over 100 now. So it's mm-hmm. just you just got to move that direction. So. Right. That's the second section. And then the third section takes three different kinds of businesses and breaks the business plan down by the section of the business plan and walks you through section by section by section how to do each part. And mm-hmm. there's a template or a model. There's an Excel temp- uh, Excel model or a Word template for you to use that you download off a website and you just sit and go and work through the example. And in the case of the financials, there are videos. You watch the videos, and the videos will ah. tell you exactly how to do the financials. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what we've found is that when people start working through the process, they're going to find that they need help. And a lot of times they'll engage us to give them help on finishing their business plans. So mm-hmm. so it's been the book has been really good for us, and, and um, yeah. Well, and... You know, that you bring up an important point that sometimes you do have to hire an outside source or an outside consultant because, you know, we don't know all of the the things that have to go into it. And, you know, we're the business owner who's running the restaurant, who's running the florist shop, who's running, you know, we're, we're a professional speaker, all of those various things. And and our eyes cross and our brain cells die. And so it's important to think about the fact that you might need to hire the uh, the outside consultant to get it done. Mm-hmm. Because again, folks, it is about getting it done. You can't go, eh, I don't know how to do it, so I'm not going to do it. Well, no. Yeah. And the other thing too is, is if you're not, if, if writing is difficult for you, and a lot of people are, a lot of tradespeople, they're right. not writers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If writing is difficult for you or visualizing something and being able to make it into a diagram is difficult for you or dealing with the Excel part of it is 
difficult for you, then then get help. You know, get right. some help. But you, um, the worst thing that you can do, well, okay, there is a caveat. Mm-hmm. If you have a mentor that's in the same business that you want to go into, that mm-hmm. is successful and is willing to commit themselves to dedicate themselves to being there mm-hmm. when you need them, then ah. maybe you can get around not doing one. But I don't. Right. I, I think you, if you have a mentor that's worth worth their salt. They're, they're going to tell you to be do the one. first thing mm-hmm. they tell you to do mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, as, right. as a due diligence of whether they should spend their time or mm-hmm. waste their time. With right. Them. Yeah. You know, and, and again, it, it is something that so many people put off or don't do at all. And we're not talking about a project that takes, you know, 40, 50 hours. I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it is now there are some, you know, obviously that are going to take a long time, depending on the complexity of the business and the size of the business and things like that. But, you know, if you are a small business owner, maybe it's just you, you're a solopreneur. It, it may just take several hours, but it is worth it to sit down and do this. Because it's like we said, you know, you're planning for contingencies in the future. When you're reviewing it, you're thinking, okay, you know, what the heck happened? You know, we're, we're, you know, talking here in April. So what was, you know, my first quarter results? Or maybe by now you've got enough, you know, you've got all your figures together so you can look at the prior year. You know, all of those things. And, you know, as a business owner, as that entrepreneur, Hello, you have to be a grown-up about this. And sometimes being the grown-up means you have to do these projects like this that you might not really want to do, but they have to be done. Well, I, I have a little bit different view on that because um, I, I don't want to burst your bubble. Um, we're professionals, and it takes us roughly between 20 and 40 hours to do a plan. Okay. The average person who doesn't, who's never done one and they're learning... It's going to take longer. About 400 hours. But, right. but it's not 400 hours sitting there grinding out a business plan. It's going and mm-hmm. learning about stuff. It's reading right. books. It's going to classes. Mm-hmm. It's going to your, com- if you're starting a coffee shop, it's going to all your competition and sitting in their mm-hmm. coffee shop and going, wow, I like how they do this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Most of that 400 hours is just learning your business. The reason right. why it's 40 hours for us or about 10% of the time is we're taking your knowledge plus our experience and using it to turn something out faster. But yes, I would say, I look at it differently. If you don't want to learn your business, why are you doing it? Right. And, and that includes the, the financials, the marketing, all of those things, you know, because you got into business because you wanted to be the greatest speaker or, you know, landscape people's lawns. You have to know those other things too. And, and knowing them is going to make you successful. It's funny because um, one, like, like I said, we work in a lot of women's centers, and they work with people who are, you know, they can't really pay for consulting help, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I, there was this one time this guy wanted to do a, um, a, a kind of a consignment dress store, and she mm-hmm. goes, "Well, uh, average dress is going to be this much, and this is how much money I need." And I go, "And how much money do you need to live on?" She goes, "Well, you need about sixty thousand a year," and and I'm going, "Okay." So we figured out all this stuff, and I said. Okay, so you've got to sell at this price point. You've got to sell about five thousand dresses a year, mm-hmm. and then if you work backwards based on the number of hours you're going to be open, I think it was something like you got to sell like twenty-five or thirty or forty dresses a day. Right. And she goes, I don't think I can do that. Uh huh. And I went, okay, well then you've got to figure something else out. 
it's as simple. I mean, when we talk about in the second section of the book about feasibility, that feasibility model, that's something you can run in three minutes. Once you learn how mm -hmm. to do it, you can run it in three minutes. And you can mm -hmm. sit down and go, oh, this business idea is not going to make enough money. Right. See, and how, how, what would that be worth to just be able to know before you spend all that other time to just mm -hmm. know that, oh, there's no way selling lampstands at $10 a piece is going to make me $250,000 a year. I just don't have mm -hmm. enough time right. to do it. So, right. yeah, that's a really good reason why you need to do it. And, and so to me, I don't look at it like you got to buck up and, um, and, and do this because it's the right thing. I think it's more like if it's not in your DNA that you want to know this stuff, then business is going to become a big grind for you and you're going to hate mm -hmm. it. Because right. the best way to make money when you don't care about what you're doing is a job. And the other mm -hmm. thing I say to people too is if you really think that you want to be, say you want to open a coffee, co coffee store or you want to you wanna, you know, pick, a, pick whatever industry it is, go work in that industry. Go yeah, work for sure. something. Yeah, make sure. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and, and it's funny you talk about, you know, the, the, the dress story, what that brought to mind, you know, longtime listeners know that I'm a huge Big Bang, Big Bang Theory fan. Uh -huh. And I remember the episode where Penny was going to make the little hair things uh -huh. and she called them, you know, P Penny Blossoms. And, you know, she was going to be rich. She wasn't going to have to work um, as the, the waitress anymore, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, and of course, Sheldon had to burst her bubble mm. because he said, now, how many are you going to make? What are you going to sell them for? And, oh, you have to pay taxes. And she went, taxes? <laughs> and, you know, and, and he worked it all the way through. And he actually came out with, you know, you have to make X number of thousand of these per week. Mm -hmm. And she was just, you know, sitting at her coffee table doing those. And, and so, you know, it really did burst her bubble. But the point was she thought it through before she made that big leap. And so maybe it is the person thinking I'm going to leave corporate America, Yes. you know, and, and I mean, how many times have we unfortunately seen that happen yep. where, you know, they're thinking I'm, I'm tired of the rat race. I want to be my own boss. I can do this just as well as the, the company I'm working for, or I've got this other idea, or I do want to open a coffee shop or whatever. And they just make that leap, and they didn't even check to see if there was water in that pool before they jumped off that diving well, pool. Well, exactly, and, and I'll and I'll tell you what, um, diving in that seems like seems like the the right thing to do because it does take a certain amount of courage to do it. Mm -hmm. But <clears throat> leaving corporate America, you 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 have to. I mean, I left corporate America. I know. You mm -hmm. have to unlearn so many things. Oh, I know. Because you don't have. A marketing department. You don't have HR. You don't right. have. It's you, and and that's why so many people coming out of corporate America w go out and they buy franchises. The problem mm -hmm. is, is when you get a franchise, all you're doing is buying a job. Mm -hmm. You still got people telling what you to do, what you can sell, how much you can make, right. and you're paying them to do it. Mm -hmm. At least at a job, mm -hmm. they paid you to do it, right? Right. And so. Mm -hmm. You really got You really got really to think it through, and that's. I, I think that's the, my main message today is, is that thinking is hard, especially when you're excited about stuff. Thing we're all driven by emotions. I mean, mm -hmm. we make our decisions in life, and we justify them with our, we rationalize them. But in reality, everything comes from an emotional decision, especially mm -hmm. big decisions. The bigger they are, the more emotional they are. Right. Um, you got to take a step back from it because this is your life. You're getting married to this life, and mm -hmm. the divorce is painful. It's as right. painful as a real divorce.
because the fact of the matter is not only are you going to have lost a bucket load of money, you will mm -hmm. have spent all the time that you spent. It's going to eat at your self-esteem. Mm -hmm. It could destroy you as a person. I've seen right. people destroyed as, as human beings because they failed in business. Now, mm -hmm. us, we had a wonderful time in the recession of 2008. It was really, really, really tough for us. But we looked at it and we said, you know what? I'm useless as an employee. I can't go back to work in a job. Mm -hmm. I, right. I, I just can't do it. And we survived and we're doing great now. So, mm -hmm. But if you don't choose it and you don't count the cost before you make the decision, mm -hmm. when that first big bad break comes, and it will come, it comes to everybody, mm -hmm. you'll fold. And, right. and, and the price, I'm just saying, the price of folding this situation is higher than you can imagine. Mm -hmm. Well, and, you know, there are some people who kind of have it, and I'm putting this in my little air quotes, forced upon them. You know, they their yep. company closed, yep. they were laid off. And so they they just leap into it. Again, you have to take the time to plan. Um, you know, and, and, and it comes back to what you were saying, you know, who is your customer? All of those various things. And especially if you've been in corporate America, you don't realize all of those other things. You know, I was talking to somebody one time, they were getting ready to hire employees. And I kind of went through a couple of the quick little, you can't ask type of questions. Mm -hmm. And they were just baffled. You know, they wanted to know if that person was, was getting ready to have a baby, yeah. you know, and, and all these various things. And I said, you can't ask those. Well, they'd never been in that situation. So they had no idea, you know, and, and, or getting a bank loan. I mean, how many people that, oh, I can go get a bank loan. You know, I've, I've had my mortgage with that bank for X number of years. They so don't they're going to give me a loan. They don't care. I know. They don't love you. You know, and, and, and they don't know how much business cards cost or, you know, all these various things. So even if you're having, you know, having this forced upon you, you know, as, as we were saying, you still have to take the time to plan. You're going to feel better if you do. And like I said, I'm going to stick by my guns. It's, if, if, if this is something that you look at as unnecessary and a pain or something that's just a kind of academic exercise, then you really need to question your motives for going in. Right. But if mm -hmm. it's forced upon you, that's the time when you really need, if you can in any way, to invest in some help. And if mm -hmm. you can't invest in some help, find a mentor. And let me tell you something about business owners. Business owners are the heroes of America. I'm right. the most courageous people in the world and the, some of the most generous people in the world. And if you walk into any business, I tell this to, to, to clients all the time. They don't believe me till they do it. I want to be, I want to be, uh, I want to do a, a big old, uh, like a, like a tire changing shop, right? Mm -hmm. Walk into a tire changing shop and find the owner. Say, Hey, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking about starting this business. It's going to be way on the other side of town, not competition for you. Mm -hmm. Can I spend some time just hanging out? Can, can I sure. call you? You know yeah. how many times they're going to say, you know what, because business owners don't have anybody to talk to. Right. And yeah. they're going to love it because, love it. hello, you just made them a hero. That's right. So, you know what? Mm -hmm. Get a mentor. If you can't afford help, get a mentor. But do not get our book. But do mm -hmm. not, do not, do not go it alone. You will right. be sorry. Don't go alone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that's probably one of the, the biggest mistakes that a business owner makes, especially when they're, you know, operating from their spare bedroom or whatever. They do think that they're alone, you know, and, mm. and, and they're not. You know, there are so many resources out there, whether they're online, whether it's networking events, mastermind groups, you know, as you mentioned, mentors, things like that. 
no problem that you have is unique. So if you can get somebody to talk through, you know, all those various things, you'll find that you can survive it. That's right. In fact, you're more likely to survive it because when you have friends, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. somebody will throw you a life ring and that's always a good thing. Right, right. Well, Peter, we've got just a couple minutes left and I've really been enjoying this conversation and I honestly can't wait to, to get your book and, and follow the steps because we know we've I've been bad. So, you know, <laughs> you're going to be my accountability partner and make sure that I do this. Good. But tell people how they find your information and, you know, your resources, your book, all of those various things. Okay, good. Um, our website is www.custombpsboypaulsam.com. And we also have a YouTube channel, CPBS, which has got a bunch of useful videos on it. And if you go to our, um, our website, you can check out. There's a lot of videos there. You can check out our blog. And we also can go to killerbusinessplan.com, all one word, and it has samples of the templates and stuff available for you to download. Okay. But the one thing I did want to offer your listeners, because this has been super cool and I've really enjoyed it, really enjoyed my time with you, I will offer a ebook, a, a PDF copy of Killer Business Plan to anybody who um, contacts us. And I don't know if you want to uh, put, put it on the show notes page or you want me to give me, uh, give, I can give my email address if you'd like. Let's let's do both. Okay, my email address is p m e h i t at custombps c u s t o m b p s dot com, and just send me your name and e- uh, email email address, and I will send you a copy uh, electronic copy of our book. Perfect. I love that. You know, and and again, this is going to be a great resource whether you're somebody who's been in business for years and has you know multi million dollar uh, a bank account things like that, or you are the person who's going. Well, you know, I can do this better than anybody else, and and I'm going to set up shop in my spare bedroom. It's a great resource, and and I really want you to check out Peter and and everything he's got. Thank you so much for having me on. This has been really, really fun. Great. You know, and and I enjoyed it, too, and I promise none of my brain cells were killed. And, of course, it's, it's funny. Now, I've got my sound effect here. Here's the thing that we want everybody to remember. Yeah, that's right. I love my sound effects. Um, plan, 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 folks. You wouldn't do, you know, you wouldn't go to a surgeon if he didn't know what he was doing and hadn't, you know, planned. You wouldn't do all these various things without a plan. So please don't try to run your business without a business plan. And remember, no brain cells were killed in the making of this show. I love it. Well, I've been having a great time talking with Peter Meehit from Custom Business Planning and Solutions. I am Deb Creer, and until next time, everyone have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.